0: Recovery Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Miller, and I am a stroke survivor and grateful recovering alcoholic. Today, I'm going to be talking about growing through grief and recovery. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who proposed the five stages of grief, said, You will not grow if you sit in a beautiful garden. But you will grow if you are sick, if you are in pain, if you are experiencing losses, and if you don't put your head in the sand. Take pain as a gift to you with a very, very specific purpose. So when I entered into the recovery program for my sobriety, it required me to get brutally honest with myself. So I'm really grateful that I had that experience in order to, I feel like I can, I guess I'm more self-aware. Um, when I was drink, drinking, I did not properly grieve. It felt like I was grieving. You know, I was a blubbering mess. Like every night I was crying myself to sleep. Um, so whether it was like death or divorce or any other major event in my life, I didn't know how to process it. Um, I just would drink, I would drink and, um, drown it and it would go, well, I don't know. I, <laughs> I was going to say it would go away, but I don't know that it went away. It just, you know, I just drowned it and it was still there in the morning, um, so an example is um, there was a friend of mine who passed away in a motorcycle accident when I graduated from high school that summer. So I was going to be going off to school and I never grieved him until I got sober at the age of 42. Um, I It was like, it felt like I was constantly holding on to it. Like I was hanging on to this person. It was like, as I aged, he aged in my mind. and um, And so I just, I never properly grieved the loss. Once I got sober, I started grieving properly. So you can imagine I had a ton of grieving to do. And what helped me the most was recognizing I don't have control of people, places and things and learning how to let things go and I've mentioned the God box it started with that it started with practicing the God box and um, whenever I would have something that any you know I've talked more about when I was pissed off at something and um, and letting those things go but also being sad about something, you know, if somebody hurt my feelings or, um, or, you know, I've lost someone, um, putting that on the little note paper and putting it in the God box. Today, I do something a little different. It's a little different than putting it in the God box, but it's only because it I guess it's faster for me and I don't have to go pull my god box out. What I do today is if I have something that I can feel I'm starting to obsess about or get really up either, you know, have an extreme emotion, whether it's angry, sad, if I feel some sort of obsessed feeling coming up and a strong emotion, I will practice letting that thing go whatever it is that's causing me to feel that way so the way that I do that is I pause whatever I'm doing I just pause quite often I'll shut my eyes and I take a deep breath like deep 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 as soon as I can't uh, breathe in anymore I'll breathe in even further And then I push the air out and I imagine that that thing that I'm obsessing about is riding the wave of air right out of me. And then I take a new breath and envision that breath being just clean air. So it's just something that I envision in my head, but I felt like the God box was really something that I was just envisioning anyway. You know, I was envisioning that that thing that I was obsessing about, that I was trapping it inside that box. And so now I more envision it, although the God box is still really helpful. I don't not use it. Um, I still use it. But this imagery that i have of just blowing it out into the universe is also helpful to me so what i wanted to talk about with grieving is grieving good health and i'm at an interesting age i guess all of every age is interesting but i'm at i'm 49 years old and i've lost some friends and Um, I've taught, I think I've mentioned that I lost um, a close friend of mine a year and a half ago and I think about, I think like, I think where is he, you know, how is it possible to have someone's energy and laughter, um, you know, commingling with yours. And then it's just gone. And I've created my own story for where that energy goes. And it works for me. Um, it still takes time, like this, this individual that I lost a year and a half ago. It's, um, it's taken me this, this long for me to feel, I'm starting to feel like I'm able to move on. Like, I know on the outside, I've been moving, moving on all along. But on the inside, there was something still gripping him, like holding on to him. And I feel when I lose somebody, that I feel like if that part of me that's gripping and holding on to him, if if that part of me lets go, then I feel like that person that I lost is going to think I don't care anymore, that is going to think that letting go means that it doesn't hurt anymore, and um, and it takes a lot of self talk for me to convince myself that that is not true. And that is the thing that kept me grieving that eighteen year old that I lost when I graduated from high school. That was the thing that kept me from letting go. All those years, I didn't want to let go because I was afraid that it meant I didn't care anymore. And so I feel like I'm getting better at getting comfortable with the fact that Me letting go that part of me that wants to hold on. Um, I'm starting to get comfortable slowly letting it go and seeing that I can still continue to love and miss and uh and adore the person that I've lost but I can still keep walking forward and it's really difficult for me to even talk about this right now Um, and the fact that I can talk about it without crying means that um, that I'm doing it so I'm kind of proud of myself right now Um, so going back to grieving good health, um, having had a stroke at 46 has thrusted me into this whirlwind of fear that it's going to happen again. And in addition to that, I, after having emerged from this this two years of denial that I've been experiencing, um, I feel like I'm starting to feel some grief about what I've lost. So I don't want to talk about the fear today, um, That's a whole different topic that is um, pretty painful for me to talk about. But what I would like to talk about is coping with the grief of no longer being able to do the things that I've always been able to do. And... I've talked about the complex emotions related to depression that I've been working through and I'm continuing to adjust my sails to lead me toward acceptance. Today I was talking with my partner about my car. So I just bought I bought a new car uh a couple years ago. And that's not a. You know super expensive fancy car. But I like the car. I think it's totally groovy. <laughs> and. It's a groovy color. And everything. And. um, I haven't been able to drive it. And it's ready. For a service. It needs to get the oil changed. Um, So. My boyfriend is going to take my car in for service. So tonight he said he's going to take it in for service, and he's going to get it detailed, and he's going to drive it until I'm able to drive again. And when he said that, my response inside my head, my mental response that I didn't say out loud is I won't ever drive again and so that might not be true I may drive again right now there uh, there is zero part of me that believes that I'm going to drive again um, I just don't see how that's possible and this is the story that I'm telling myself tonight. So, I wanted to say it out loud because I don't want it to go in my dark in that dark place and the purpose of this podcast is to help others. So, if I'm able to share the pain And the fear and the grief that I'm going through at the time that I'm going through it. I know that on the other side of this mountain, I've talked about it before in my other episodes. I know that there's another side and there's something waiting for me. I know that everything is okay. It's not going to be okay. Everything is okay. And so, I want the podcast in real time to be about my challenges. So, we're going to do this together. I What I'm feeling is natural. I know that. Um... I've talked about it, I think, yesterday or the day before. If I'm feeling it, then it's a natural feeling, and I'm not unusual. I'm not unique. I know that I'm going to have good days, and I'm going to have bad days. And sometimes I'll have a whole good day, and then I'll just have a hard time. But time takes time. I'm going to keep seeking exercise and creative outlets. I'm going to continue to say my prayers at night. And I'm going to keep talking to other human beings. And I'm going to continue to stay in touch with the reality So I'm going to continue seeing my doctors and talking to them about what the reality is of my condition and what can I do to continue to progress. And I'm going to feel the feelings. One thing that I didn't do when I was drinking was feel the feelings. And so that's what I'm doing. Um, On a on a lighter note, because I'm always able to see the good or make myself laugh a little bit, when um, after I did that bout of doing 5Ks, after that I started doing hot yoga, that same friend that I went running with asked if I wanted to do hot yoga one day. So I went in. And we did this hot yoga and I didn't want to go. I wanted to say no. But as I've said in my episode, I said yes, even though I wanted to say no. And we went in there and I did hot yoga for an hour. And let me tell you that I have never sweated so much in my freaking life. And it felt so good when I was drinking, I never used to sweat, I never used to feel feelings, and I never used to sweat. And so these things that I experience now as a sober person, to feel pain, and know that it's just a wave. And there's joy on the other side of that wave. And to be able to sweat you know it's just like that like these these incredible feelings um remind me that i'm that i'm human and that i am still here and i'm still alive so um i'm gonna end with this too shall pass i'll talk to you tomorrow